0: This teaching is brought to you by Kingswood International Church, British Columbia. We believe that as you listen, faith is stirred up in you to become all God has called you to be. Thank you and God bless you. It says now the just shall live by faith, but if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Hebrews ten thirty eight. Hebrews ten thirty eight. The Christian life is the life of faith. It's there is no other way to live as a Christian but by faith. You can't live any other way. In fact, it says here, but it says that if anyone draws back from faith, the faith lifestyle, God is not pleased. If all as a Christian you want to live by sight, what you feel, what you see, what you can do for yourself, what you can touch. How strong you are. Or how intelligent you are. God is not happy with that. God wants you to live by faith. Live beyond the natural. Faith is not a natural thing. In fact, Christianity is not natural. <laughs> in, the, in the first place. Because how do you believe in a God that you've not seen? And that's why some people from the part of some, some part of the world find difficult to be, in coach religious. You mean you just wake up and you just say there's, a, there's one being somewhere and you just worshipping him. But it takes faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, those that come to God must believe that he is. It takes faith to believe that there is a God. See, he that comes to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of them that seek him, so the Christian faith, the Christian life is a life of faith. Give me the next slide. So living by faith is critical, it's so critical. So, and if he says if we have to live by faith, then we must know what faith is. There are, there are several things to learn in Christianity that we will never learn to all until we get to heaven. But there are some things that we need to know and one of it is faith how to live by faith the other one is how to pray um the other one is how to hear god for yourself i think and the last one is how to walk in love i think those four things are are very critical for any christian you might not know i thought you might not know all these things about revelations um, what is end time? When is what's happening? The holies of holies. But I not have all those deep revelations, and, and I don't think I do anyway. I don't think I have so much of them. But the ones you need to live your daily life is so important. I, I call them life skills: faith, how to pray, um, how to hear the Holy Spirit, how to be led by God, and how to walk in love. I think these are life skills. Because with them, you can. If you have faith, you can use faith for your finances. If you have faith, you can use faith for your healing of your body. If you have faith, you can believe God for anything. If you can pray, you can move mountains. You can change anything. If you can hear God, oh, you can, you can, you can take decisions when everybody's saying don't. You can know what to do part time. And if you can walk in love, you live a happy life. <laughs> because people are going to offend you. People are going to annoy you. And if you don't know how to, to walk in love, live beyond your emotions. Why are we having a lot of mental issues today? People are, with all due expect, yes, are, there's mental sickness. We know that. But a lot of people are so self-conscious. Oh... I was brought up in so and so way. Oh, my parents did this to me, and that's why my life has been like this. Well, you need to hear several people that had the same story like you did and turned that right. You know, because they had to go beyond how they felt. That's, that's not a topic. I'm <laughs> not going to that direction. But that's, those, are, those are critical skills of life. So, what, what, so what's faith? <clears throat> so, I said the first Sunday. Next slide. first Sunday, I said, faith is. A substance, Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. And I said, Faith is substance. Faith is, it might not be something you can feel in the natural, but you of the spirit is real, it's as real as this is my phone. It's real, faith is not vague in the spirit realm. Faith is a substance, it's the foundation. Of everything we do. And I always say, the foundation sets the tone for how high a building can go. If you know anything about structural engineering, the day you dug the foundation of a building, you've determined what you can put on that building, on that foundation. If your foundation is not strong, (coughs) then you can't put so much weight on it. So, faith is very important. Faith is, subs- is the foundation of everything we believe God for. Faith is an evidence, a conviction. It's a conviction. When someone asks you, How do you, I always use this very powerful illustration, How do you know you're going to go to heaven? Some will say, Ah, because I'm doing right. No, the Bible doesn't say because you are doing right. You believe in your heart that Jesus died for your sins. Were you there when Jesus died? No. But there is a conviction in your inside that nothing can take away. No, nothing can take away that conviction that you're a child of God. So faith is a conviction. It's a conviction. It's a conviction. It's it's that conviction is like a document, it's a proof. Praise God. Next slide. It says faith is taking, so the second week, I said faith is taking God's word as truth. As God talking to you and taking action based on that word, irrespective of contrary evidence and circumstance. Faith is taking God's word as truth. Praise God. Truth. You know, in Christianity, we believe in, in in the facts, but we take God's word as ultimate truth. So, I can be having financial challenges, but the truth of God's word is that Christ, the Lord, is my shepherd; I shall not want. That is the truth. And if I hold on to that truth and act based on that truth. After a period of time, my circumstances are going to align with that truth. So my actions is not going to be based on what, just what I'm going through. My actions is now based on the truth of God's word. Praise God. So I used to tell people then, um, you're trusting God for a job, for example. When I was passing back then in Nigeria. I said, if you're trusting God for a job, go outside. Put out your CVs. Now, you put it out your CV, there's no guarantee that anybody's going to pick you. But if you say you have prayed, your action that you believe that God has answered your prayer, you need to go outside. And in going outside, somebody might give your CV to a hundred people, and none of them might even pick you. But because you believe that God has answered you, God can raise somebody else, apart from all the people you spoke to, to give you a job. Because your action was not based on just because I gave people was based on God. Outside my prayer, God said He's going to provide a job for me. Praise God! It's so important. So, and I gave the story about um, Jesus at the wine. Jesus turned water into wine. You know the story talked about Jesus telling them, "Fill the pots," and they filled the pots, and He told them, "Take the." <laughs> Take water from the pots you filled and go and give the, the most popular person at the party. I doubt if I will be able to do that. <laughs> How can you fill a pot with water and you now ask me to take water from that same pot and go and give somebody as wine? That is taking action based on Jesus' word. That is faith. Faith is doing what it tells you to do. It's as simple. Faith is not complicated at all. Then last week, (coughs) we said faith is trusting God. We went through several scriptures. Trusting God. It is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, and ability or strength of God. It is to make God your refuge. Trust. There is no faith without trust. There is no faith without trust. And Bible says, ah, I believe in God. I believe in God. When the winds blow, I use the story, one of the stories I use is a story of Peter. Jesus told Peter, mm. walk on water. Peter said, if it's you, Jesus, let me come. <laughs> and he began to walk on water. But the Bible said what? He began to consider the winds. It's easy to, ah, you know, sometimes people think that. <laughs> um, when we come to church, we we'll come to believe God's word, hear God's word, get empowered. But the rich of life are outside. It's not in church. Praise God. We spend maybe two hours in church. So the troubles <laughs> are outside this door. <laughs> when you get outside this door, do you still believe the things you heard in church? Do you still believe the word? Do you still trust? Have that trust. Do you trust God even when there seems to be no way out? When there seems to be absolutely no way out? Trust. It's one of the things that we need to learn to do. A lot of people have options with God. You know, God is first, not their first option anyway. Probably have the, ba- the bank as <laughs> the first option. Then maybe a spouse a second option. Then they have several other. Then the last option is God. And if God doesn't even work out, they go back to option A. No, with God, God has to be everything. Absolute trust in God. Do you believe that is going to come through for you? know I use the illustration of the chair we are all sitting on. You trust that chair so much. And that's why you can put all your weight on that chair. If for any reason, when you came into this place, you were told that chair, one of the legs of that chair is faulty. You know you're not going to put all your weight on it. You're going to be very careful. You might not know I'm going to stand through surface. Why? You c- trust. But that's what God wants, He wants us to put our absolute trust, our the whole weight of our lives on Him. The whole weight, everything about your life, put that whole weight as big as it is on it. unfortunately, people put that weight on several other things. They put that weight on a relationship. And so when that relationship doesn't work, they say their life has ended. No life can't end because the ship doesn't work you know you say ah, in your is it's easier said than done <laughs> I know <laughs> but that's the truth praise God and today the fourth Sunday faith is a fight when we say we're talking about faith faith is a fight faith is a fight give me Next slide. First Timothy chapter six, verse eleven to twelve. It says, "But you, all man of God," this is Paul writing to a young guy called Timothy. He's very young, was a young pastor at that time. He said, "Flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness." Verse twelve, very important. One to three go. It says, "What? Fight the good fight of faith." Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Fight the good fight of faith. Faith is a fight. You know, maybe with, uh, one of the mistakes you can make, or sometimes preachers make people believe that when you become a Christian, all your problems are gone. <laughs> oh, oh! The, 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 what we say, live by faith. It means everything is just gonna go smoothly, smoothly. If your life is going smoothly, smoothly, that nothing goes wrong. You don't have any bad day. Um, you wake up in the morning, everything as you planned your life. It happened exactly like that, without any obstruction. That's my life of faith. The life of faith means you're going to have bad turns bumpy roads hurdles <coughs> along the way all kinds of challenges and that's where you need faith the most that's where you need faith the most give me the next slide First John chapter 5 verse 4 it says for whatsoever is born of God overcomes the world and this is the victory that overcomes the world. Our what? Our faith. But let me. This translation is very nice. It says, "Every child of God defeats this evil world." So there's there is an opposition, and, and we don't we don't want to, especially in this part of the world, we don't want to believe that there's a devil, that there is any form of opposition, and that's why I think that. With this this generation in this part of the world, not, not the elder, not the elders, they have a very weak spirit. They give up too quickly. There's no tenacity, there's no there's no fighting spirit. If things don't go their way, they just let it be. No, a thousand times no. A thousand times no. There is a devil out there. But, you see, he assures us that if we fight this fight, we are going to win. But, you see, you need to get into the ring. Nobody's going to... Until you get into the ring, there's no fight. You can't be declared a champion if you, if you don't get into the ring. But you are assured if you get into that ring, and your opponent comes, and the fight starts, you're going to win. This is, we achieve this victory through our faith. Victories in life are gotten by faith. Victories in life, whether in your health, whether in your marriage, whether in your finances, in your career as a student. Oh you're gonna you have to get it by faith. You have to get it by faith, you know. I remember one time. After I left college, I didn't get a job for a long time. And I <laughs> eventually had to leave my city. I went to another city. And the first kind of job I got was to was to drive my auntie's husband. <laughs> just to drive. And this was I was an engineering graduate. I done my LYC and I asked myself, is this Everything I've suffered in life, <laughs> I'm going to end up. <laughs> oh God! And I called my pastor then, and I told him, I said, because ah. I looked at my friends then, many of them were already in the corporate world working, and I was like, the least. I said "Is it if he's it's, if it's praying I'm, pray, I'm praying better than these guys <laughs> of course I was not working so I had more time to pray <laughs> so, I, was, I was praying better than these guys if he's living a good life I was, I was doing the best I can but he said something to me that I will never forget it. and I like saying this to young people he said everybody has different starting points in life by virtue of birth or circumstance everybody has different starting points in life that word he told me. I said, "Well, this is my own starting point. This might be my own starting point, but it's not going to be my end point. It might be my starting point, but it's not going to be my end point." And that was 2011. Not so far, just 11 years ago. That was just my 11. I can't forget. March was 9 11. And the fight started. <laughs> we started, we went into the fight, fight for victory. So that's how it is. Give me the next slide, please. First Peter 5 7 to 8. It says, Give all your worries and cares to God. For what? He cares about you. And we say this, and this is nice. And when people hear this, oh, sometimes it's so emotional. God cares for you. And then we said that last week too but he didn't stop there he said stay alert <laughs> God cares for you but please stay alert are you hearing me? God cares for you it's not enough you know, someone would say, but if, if God is there why is this happening to me? No, he didn't say because I'm dead this is not going to happen he said stay alert watch out for your great enemy everybody say great enemy Come on, say it one more time. Say, great enemy. This is the de- this is this is this is Peter telling them, watch out for a great enemy, the devil. But I thought God cares for you. I thought He says all so your worries are taken away. So why is He telling you to stay alert? He says because He prowls. This enemy prowls like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Even though God cares for you, he takes care of your worries. If you're not alert, if you don't fight, the devil's going to take advantage of you. And that's what happens to many Christians. They're not alert. They think that, oh, because now that I'm in Christ, everything's just going to go smoothly. No, there is going to be opposition to your progress. And I wish that sometimes that many of us try we The younger people, just know this. Just know this. It's not going to come on a platter of gold. You're going to put in the time. You're going to have those times when (laughs) you had terrible (laughs) opposition to your progress. You're going to ask yourself, am I going to back out or am I going to fight? Next one. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 13 to 6. I, do, I, just, I just want to create that consciousness that faith is not just God, I trust you, Lord, it's going to take care of me. But it's also, there's something for you to do. You're going to fight. It says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, verse 14, it says, stand therefore having granted your ways with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, verse 15, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace, verse 16, it says, above all, take on the shield of faith, which we should be able to quench all the what? Fairy darts of the wicked one. The devil is going to keep throwing arrows at you. Whether you like it or not, your, your size doesn't matter. You might be as big as me. The devil has no respect for your size. <laughs> he has no respect for your size. He has no respect for your pedigree. He has no respect for your skin color. Sometimes people feel, oh, because I'm this skin color, that's what I'm going through, I'm going through. The devil might take advantage of it, but you can fight and win. You can fight and win. When you come to Christ, you can fight and win. Your skin color might be a disadvantage to people in the in the world, but in Christ, it matters not. Praise God. He says, without the shield of faith, you can't quench what is throwing at you. And the quicker we know that, as long as we still our breath in our nostrils, we are fighting the fight of faith. And every stage in life has its own battles. When you were probably a teenager, you had challenges. When you become married, you have a set of challenges. When you become grandparents, you have another set of challenges. Challenges are not going to end. <laughs> you know, a, a man went to meet one of my mentors and asked him, Lord, look, it's as if the devil just is after me. Pray for me that the devil will stop coming after me he said dams i have to pray for you that you die <laughs> he said then let me pray for you that you die he said what do you mean he said except you are dead <laughs> he said, i was going to stop coming after you <laughs> hey that's it so faith is a fight you need it and don't run out of the ring stay in that fight alright give me the next slide I want to read you two stories in the Bible to just help you understand. But you can say, I I trust God. You can sit down and say, oh, I'm reading my Bible. And I always encourage people to do things like that. We talked about that in the first and second week. Read your Bible. Know what God's word is saying about the situation. But you need to step out. So let's read this story. It says, some men came carrying a what? A bot a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus when they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd. they went back home. no they were ju- they had every justification to go back home. <laughs> you have every justification because you failed an exam, not to write this again <laughs> You have a justification. It says... <laughs> Some men came carrying a... Do you know what this? to carry a man? Did they carry a boy? Four men had to carry this man. Probably was big. And they came to Jesus' house. But they couldn't get him. Because there was so much crowd. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd... They went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd, right in front of Jesus. What audacity! You went to someone's house, you couldn't get in, you now say, I want to break it through my roof. (laughs) We'll call the cops on you. (laughs) What audacity! What effrontery? Where did you get that boldness from? But you see, Jesus said something, verse 20, When Jesus saw their faith, he saw That action they took, Showed their faith. If you say you are in faith, Then you must be ready to take action. In spite of the opposition you see, You have to go through that crowd. Break through. Go through that crowd. Go through that opposition. Put yourself to the test. Oh, they said they just need five people. My first, my major career breakthrough will never forget. (laughs) You know, with an oil and gas firm. They need just how many people out of thousands. When I got the invitation... When I saw it, I said, "This invitation is it's not for me. <laughs> it's for somebody else to come and write the exams." Because I felt that, look, I wasn't qualified. I, I couldn't do it. But if I if I refuse to write that exam and go for that interview, I probably might not be talking to you here today. You have to. A a, a rejection, a no, is not the end. It's not the end. The Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, he said, Friend, your sinners are forgiven. He didn't even talk about the roof that was pulled out. He didn't even talk about maybe they messed up the ceiling. He didn't talk about how much he was going to use to repair the house. He saw their faith. You say, Okay, I'm going to be the best in my career. What actions are you taking? What steps are you taking? What are you willing to do? What sacrifice are you ready to put in the ground? What time are you willing to spend? Praise God. What time, what energy, what are you ready to give? It's going to cost you something. The Pharisees and teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, Who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can? You know, these guys are always jealous of Jesus anyway. Go to the next one. I don't want to focus on them. <laughs> but let's go to 24. He says, But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, Get up, Take up your mat, And go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on and went home praising God. Praising God. This, this man and his friends had an option to turn back. How many challenges are you running away from? How many battles of life are you turning your back to? Because you don't want to use your faith. How many? This guy could have told them, look, take me home today is not my day the place is full maybe tomorrow and tomorrow might never come and they say that uh, po- procrastination is probably one of the thieves of God's blessings oh I'll do it tomorrow oh that, 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 that exam I'll it tomorrow. Oh, that, um, that thing I'll do it tomorrow that investment I'll do it tomorrow and tomorrow never comes he could have said so but Jesus said he saw their faith. You know, God wants to see your faith. You say you believe him. I want to see your faith. I want to see your faith. Give me the next story. So, I, I, before we read the next story, I want to read you some conditions. So, we're, we're going to talk about the woman with the issue of blood. But I want to read you her story. And the things this woman had to go through before we talk about her miracle. So, in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 15 verse 25. I'm sure many of us don't go to this place. <laughs> but let's read it for today. Praise God? Leviticus is the Old Testament. <laughs> Alright, let's go. It says, If a woman has a flow of blood for many days that is unrelated to her menstrual period, or if the blood continues beyond the normal period, she is ceremonially unclean. As during the menstrual period, the woman will be unclean as long as The discharge continues. Any bed she lies on, any object she sits on during that time will be unclean. Just as during her normal menstrual period. Verse 27. Look at this critical. If if any of you touch these things, you will be unclean also. You must wash your clothes and bath yourself. Bath yourself in water. You will remain unclean until evening. 28. When the woman's bleeding stops, she must count off seven days. Then she will be semi unclean. Twenty-nine. On the eighth day, she must bring two total dose. Now, this one has just issues of blood menstrual period overflow for a few days. Next slide. Verse, 30, um, verse thirty-three. To save time. Okay, let's just from thirty. The priest will offer for a sin offering and uh, for a blood offering. Through the through this process, the priest will purify. Have before the Lord for summary for ceremonial impurity caused by her bleeding. Thirty one, this is how you will guard the people of Israel for what? Ceremonial uncleanness, otherwise they would die. So if they don't do this thing, someone had an issue of blood beyond the regular five days or seven days that you might think it is, and there's no serious ceremony to cleanse the nation, people are gonna start dying. It's not a joke. <laughs> for the imputing will defile my tabernacle that stands among them. These are the instructions for dealing with anyone who has a bodily discharge. A man who is unclean because of an emission of semen. A woman during her menstrual period. It applies to any man or woman who has a bodily discharge. So this is not just against, against women. out to a man who has sexual intercourse with a woman who is unclean. So if anyone has menstrual flow or discharge longer than necessary, and it's not dealt with, death comes. Next, my next slide. Now, verse 25. A woman in the crowd was suffered for what? 12. <laughs> so we're talking about one week, two weeks, and there's going to be a problem. We're not talking about 12 years. <coughs> 12 years. Not twelve days, not twelve months, twelve years of those things we read about was going on in one person's life. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when I counsel people and you say, Oh God, why is this happening to me? Why am I so-? I said for how long? Have-? You know, not that I'm, I'm trying to believe what they're suffering. I said, How long have this thing? How long have you suffered it? How, for, how long, for how long has it been I'm just I, I'm not saying that I don't have empathy I just want you to wake up look come on you are you are bigger than this don't dwell on it don't dwell on it why is this happening to me I said so who should it happen to it should only happen to you okay it should happen to now your neighbor you are happy now it should, it should happen to you <laughs> it should happen to your neighbor oh I don't deserve this so who deserves it who deserves it your friend deserves it. How would you feel if you find your friend praying, Lord, this pain I have, I don't deserve Give it to my friend. <laughs> How would you feel? <laughs> that was the end of that friendship. <laughs> so, this woman had a problem for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal. And the Bible does not exaggerate the Bible says someone has suffered a great deal. The Bible meant it. From every doctors, over the years, she has spent everything she had to pay them. She, had, well, she was not just sick; she was now broke. On her, on top of her sickness, she now had poverty with her. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. 27. She had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him through the crowd. What? She was putting the whole nation in danger. The whole nation in danger. She had no business being outside. She could have been stoned to death. She was putting the whole nation in danger. She was putting her life at stake. How far have you gone in that thing you say you believe God for? How far have you gone in when you say you are in faith? How far have you stretched yourself? How much have you fought? Don't forget, the woman that has been going through bleeding was physically also weak. She wouldn't be strong. But she had to push through the crowd. She came up behind him, through the crowd, and touched his robe. She, fought, she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed. Immediately the bleeding stopped. She could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. Go to the next slide. This is very instructive. Jesus realized at once that the healing power had gone out of him. So he, told, he knew that something left him. So he said, Who touched my robe? His disciples said to him, Look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Meaning that there are several people in you know, oppressing in. But she was pressing in with faith. You see, that's what makes us different as Christians. Yes, we might have the same challenge like every other person, but we are facing that problem with faith. We are overcoming it with faith. We know we're going to get the victory if we choose to fight the fight of faith. But he kept on looking around to see what had what had done to it. Verse 33. Then the fighting woman, trembling at the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to his, his knees in front of him and told him what had done, what she had done. Verse 34. He says, daughter, you're what? Your faith. It wasn't her touching. It was her faith. But her faith made her to touch. Her faith made her to leave her house. With the possibility of she being stoned to death. With the possibility of putting the whole nation of Israel in danger. Her faith made her to. I always say something. If you say you believe God. If you say you are in faith... Faith will move you. Faith is not stagnant. If you say you are in faith, that faith inside of you is going to move you to do something. It's going to move you to do something. Praise God. That's why James says, you say, show me your faith. Tell me about your faith. I will show you my works. Faith is always in motion. Faith is always stretching out. Faith is always reaching out. Faith is not stagnant. It says, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your suffering is over. I want to encourage us today. Just give me the next slide. <coughs> How many slides do I have left? Just one more, right? Yeah, we was almost done. You know, I, I like reading the scripture to myself. Every time Hebrews chapter 11, it says, verse 32 to 34, and what shall I say? This Hebrews 11 is the chapter of faith, it talks a lot about how faith is and how things work. It says, Hebrews chapter 11, What shall I say, Father? For the time will fail me to tell of what Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel. The prophets, innocent. Want they want my name to be there. I want to be known as a man of faith. Praise God. I want to be known as a man of faith. You know, coming to Canada is faith move for me. <laughs> I always say that when I landed at the airport in Vancouver, left my business, left my job, left everything. I said God told me to come to Canada. Packed my wife and my children into the plane. To a place I knew nobody. <laughs> I had no relatives. When I got to the airport, the first thing devil told me, What are you? What is, what is wrong with you? What are you doing? What are you doing here? <laughs> you left all your security, all your family that God told you to come. So, what are you doing? I, I can't forget, I was leaving the airport. I said, What have I done? <laughs> what have I done? If, he, if I was coming to Okay, I was guaranteed something. I was guaranteed nothing. Canada Canada guaranteed me nothing. There was no guarantee of anything. It had to be a faith journey. It had to be a faith journey. So, verse 3, I love verse 3, it says, Who, by the help of faith, subdued kingdoms, administered justice, By the help of faith, obtain promised blessings. The blessings of God are there. He has promised you. You have to use your faith. It's not going to fall like pears off of a tree or mango or apple. No. You have to use your faith. It says, close the mouths of lions. Extinguish the power of raging fire. Escape the devouring of the sword out of frailty and weakness one strength and became stalwart even the mighty re- resentless in battle routing alien hosts give me the next one I, I, love, I love this translation it says I could go on and on but I have run out of time there are so many more Gideon, Barak Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel the prophets, innocent <laughs> I put my name there through acts of faith, the toppled kingdoms they made justice work, they took the promises for themselves. It's not enough that the letters are in the Bible, the problems are in the Bible. You must take it for yourself. The Lord is my own shepherd. Hallelujah! Christ has made me healed, He has blessed me. It has to be personal. The word of God has to move from just being in the Bible to God talking to me. Praise God. He has to go beyond just being in the Bible to God talking to me. Me, I am his child. He's going to take care of me. I am strong and healthy. It is me he's talking to. He says, through acts of faith, the of kingdoms, made justice, took the promises for themselves... They were protected from lions, fire, swords, trust. Turned, I, I love this one. They turned disadvantage to advantage. <laughs> they turned disadvantage to advantage. And you know, I don't know why, <laughs> but every journey I've gone through in life, I've always started from the back to the front. <laughs> I've never had a time when. I will lose the first guy in front. Somehow I'll be at the back. The one without X or Y. But I've learned over time. Maybe that's how God has designed it. That I should start from the back. If I choose to stay in that fight, it's just a matter of time. I'll get to the front. And that's how I want us to think. Don't give up. They like turn disadvantage. What, what report do you have right now? That's not a good report. Is it in your health? Is it in your finances? Is it in your academics? Is it in your relationship? Whatever it is, you can turn it around. You know, I was the time I was, there was someone I was dating way back then. And God had told me that at a particular age, I should get married. So He told me then that by 30, I wanted to get married. I knew that from like when I was 19. So He God had told me by like 30, I wanted to get married. So at twenty eight I was in internship, my was going upside down. (laughs) I didn't have a job and the lady was not comfortable that I was broke, busted, no hope. And it was getting close to twenty nine. So my friend, my very close friend asked me a question then. I said, Well how far what's gonna happen? I said, I don't know. But I know by so and so date I'm gonna be married. If it's this one or someone else, (laughs) I don't know. But I was too sure in my spirit. I was going to get married. You can turn a disadvantage situation to an advantageous one. It doesn't matter what the report is. If you can only choose to use your faith in God, they won battles, routed alien armies. Women received their loved ones back from the dead. Praise God. Can we just stand up on our feet? Praise God. I hope you have learned something today. Use your faith. Use your faith. Don't allow every disadvantaged situation become your end story. No. You must have some battles that you take I've won this, I've won this. And I'm gonna win this one. I'm gonna win this one. I'm gonna win. This. I'm not gonna give up. Christianity is not the coward faith, it's not faith for cowards. <laughs> Christianity doesn't make a coward out of us. It makes us victorious. It makes us warriors. It makes us those who choose to believe God and we obtain our promise. I just want you to just talk to God right now. Are there areas where you need supernatural push? You just need God to just hold that faith. You know, God, look, I'm going back to this particular thing. This thing I'm giving up on in my life i've said no it can't be done i'm going back to it i'm going back to it and i'm going to address it i'm going to go back and win this fight in your name you're not fighting in your own power don't forget that you're not fighting in your own strength you're not fighting with your own ability or resources you're fighting with the help of god he said he would take care of you but fight He said he will win the battles if you choose to fight. He said he's going to bring you victory if you choose to fight. So yours is to get into the ring. That's your own portion. Get into the ring and see what God is going to do. So pick up those challenges again, said the Spirit of God. Pick up those battles again. Put back your CV. Go back and apply for that job. Go back and check that medical record. It's going to change. Believe God for the best things of life. For they belong to you. That belong to you. That belong to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Our Father God, we thank you. We just give you praise. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You can have your seats. Praise God. Thank you once again for joining us here at Kingswood International Church. We hope you've been richly blessed by this teaching from Kingsworth International Church, British Columbia. Feel free to visit our website at kingswoodbritishcolumbia.com. That is kingswoodsbritishcolumbia.com for more teachings. God bless you.